Welcome to the Divine Feminine Podcast, where I am your host, Priestess Hanira Abunu. Here I support women in learning and applying the Divine Feminine principles into their lives. We talk about lifestyle, family, culture, and spirituality, all from a traditional African perspective. Welcome to the safe space. Divine Feminine Family, how are you? I know, I miss you, I miss you, I miss you so, so very much. It has been a while, I apologize, but, oh, what I wanted to say I apologize, but not, <laughs> only because, um... I apologize because I don't like being away from you. I try to give you regular episodes um, every week, right? I've been consistent in that. So it um, has agitated a side of me that I haven't been able to give you guys um, an episode in the last couple of weeks and so that part I'm apologizing for however the part where I say uh, sorry but not sorry <laughs> is that is the reason oh my gosh you guys know I'm in Africa now and this trip has been utterly amazing I will probably record uh, episode 21 and 22 uh, back to back just because I have so much rich information to give you and um, as you guys can probably hear there's tons of nature behind me I'm actually in Nye in the Divine Mother's Temple recording this episode right now which is such a privilege and such an honor let me just take a moment and just kind of bask in that and just sit in that this entire podcast is dedicated to the feminine energy is dedicated to the Divine Feminine Thus the name, The Divine Feminine Podcast. And so to be able to record these episodes in the temple for the Divine Mother herself is, it's immeasurable. Um, I, I can't even, I'm just so honored. I'm honored to be here. I'm honored that to be one of her uh, devoted devotees, but her main initiate um, for this particular temple. I am just honored to be at the feet of the Divine Mother, giving you this recording right now. Um, I've been here most of the morning. Taking care of the temple, taking care of her, um, basking in her energy, and I am at a place where I'm ready to record. And so here we are. Um, 
This is episode 21. We just ended our gender episode. And so this episode is the first to um, be a part of a new, I don't want to say a new series, but a new saga. Um, We ended that series in gender. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It uh, was a four-part series going over the Divine Feminine, the Divine Masculine, and helping us navigate uh, the different planes and the different um, uh, existences, understanding how we have masculine and feminine energy in all things. And it's for us to identify those energies and um, balance them to be whole and to be complete. And um, I can't wait to episode 22 because um, in that episode, we start to go over uh, the foundation of a human being and understanding what is needed and I'll refer back to the gender um, series I'll refer back to some of the um, older uh, episodes as well once we get into episode 22 and on but um, it was good it was good so this episode I just want to spend some time catching you guys up I know I've been kind of missing in action on social media and um, I've been and not so much I I mean social media is such um, it's one of those things where if you don't post every day people are like what happened to you where is she what happened (laughs) right if you're not live a couple times a day then people what did where did she go you know did she fall off you know (laughs) when people don't realize that real life is in session you know i'm living experiences and um you know not everything is for the camera especially uh, when it comes to spirituality yeah there's a lot that can be uncovered and publicized um, but there's a lot that can't you know there's a lot that you shouldn't there's a lot that should be should remain secret you know and only be for uh, those who are ready and should only be for um, those who are deemed fit to have the knowledge it's not it's not for everyone so I say that to say that um, I've been off the grid for a while (laughs) and uh, according to social media standards and so I gotta catch you guys up on what's been going on how things have been going what Africa is like and so this this episode is just you know putting your feet in the soil what was it like coming home and um, I will start with the flights you know um, you know right now we're in this pandemic we've been in the pandemic since 
February, I believe, which is uh, around the same time that the uh, Divine Feminine podcast started. February of 2020, right? Um, Or was it March? Oh my gosh, I don't remember. I know it was the first quarter of the year. COVID hit. And um, that was when Divine Feminine started. uh, Around the end of first quarter, we started started recording in uh, first quarter, but I don't think we started our launch until the beginning of second quarter and so it's right around the same time and um so the world is changing I had not been um on a flight to Africa since the change and so a few things were different um I don't know if I said it so I'll say it right now I am in nature in the village recording right now and so of course that means um, I'm not uh, in a studio that means I'm not in a confined space I'm not sure what the acoustics sound like Um, hopefully you can hear the rhythmic um, sway back and forth of the branches of the trees hopefully you can hear um the birds chirping and all of nature kind of communicating and singing in the background um but you may pick up some other things too like uh cars children um uh, motorcycles <laughs> there may be other things in the far distance um that come in however the one thing I want to come in the most and the most clear is the message and the content so hopefully you can hear all of that and um, understand just give me some um, uh, some compassion (laughs) cut me some slack guys Uh, when it comes to the background for these next two episodes okay and it may not sound too bad I have a really good sound engineer and he takes care of me so um, we'll see but I wanted to kind of preface me going into the podcast before I get too deep with that So let's get back to um, what I was saying, which is talking about the flights. Uh, I hadn't flown to Africa or internationally since COVID. And so there were some things that I noticed that were different um, leading up to COVID. uh, Or not leading up to COVID, leading up to my flight. You guys know I had communicated I'd left the West Coast and made it to the East Coast. And from the East Coast, we were going to leave and come to Africa. And so um, the flight from the West Coast to the East Coast was when I first realized, okay, this is getting real. Right, the flights we know how capitalistic uh, society can be, and the capacity of the flights was half capacity. 
um, every other seat is full. Social distancing in the airport is a must. Uh, wearing your mask in the airport at all times is a must. Wearing your airport, you're wearing your mask on the plane full time is a must. And that was um, probably the hardest part of all of this is keeping the mask on all the time. You know, when you have uh, a, a four hour flight, it's uh, pretty challenging to keep that mask on the full four hours. And for me, you know, I've uh, pretty much been quarantined. You know, I, I do leave to go take care of business and run errands and and things like that. But I've, I don't make a habit of just going out mingling like before and things like that. I'm mainly, you know, in the house as most of us are, you know, taking care of our daily lives and things we need to do um, online from home. And so being out in society, you know, um, was kind of new for me and the children and um, teaching the children how to navigate in society was new, you know, teaching the young ones they can't, you know, go up to people and, you know, my five-year-old, he's really talkative and having him, uh, you know, teaching him like for him it was rude you know not to say hello to people not to go um and speak and play with other children and things like that he just he couldn't understand why you know we couldn't do it and and I didn't want to put the stigma but the kids did it I didn't want to say oh it's because of COVID I just wanted to say this is you know during this time period we can't but the his siblings were just like do you want to catch corona <laughs> you want to catch coronavirus and so that was their thing you know coronavirus coronavirus you can't touch people coronavirus and I was just like oh my gosh my children you know and we laughed and it, it took um it took some of the heaviness away from um, the reality that life is different life has changed and when you leave home you have to change um, and go into like this different world and so we first started noticing that the flight from California to New York and then um, of course we spent our time in Wilmington Delaware which was a great experience um, preparing the home there, spending time together, spending time with family and friends in the area um, was just an amazing time. While I was there in, uh, in Wilmington, we uh, prepared for the trip. And so we um, bought school supplies for homeschool we bought um, books um, my brother uh, 
Dr. Umar Johnson had given me uh, some suggestions, and many of you know who he is. Um, he's a scholar, a child psychologist. He's a principal and, and just very well astute in his field. In addition, he's um, uh, a Pan-Africanist and a very knowledgeable man about our history and um, very, very um, committed to our black boys. And so since I have two sons, um, he was kind enough to uh, lend me his uh, knowledge and his opinion on what he felt I should uh, teach them for their age and I was so thankful so he pointed me in the direction of a couple of his trusted um, um, uh, colleagues where I can get books locally supporting black businesses in Philly and in New Jersey um, yeah shout out to brother Hakeem's bookstore in Philly and um store in Jersey that I went to. I have to look it up and put a link in the in the comments for this uh, for this uh, episode. But I went there to get um, materials for um, for homeschooling the kids to help them with their Black History studies to help them with their uh, political science studies and things like that and so um, that's part of the preparation that we did in Wilmington we also as you guys know uh, bought a home in Wilmington um, it's actually right around the corner from FDMG Academy which is Dr. Johnson's uh, school that he's putting together for black boys and so um, we have the home there and I was getting it ready for um, a long-term tenant you know I go there periodically to uh, make sure the property is okay and uh, me and the kids did this great project with the yard and um, uh, my business partner was there also and they said, Mom, you know, with this, we have to clean up the neighborhood and, you know, we have to raise the vibration of the neighborhood around us. And, you know, I said, yeah, I agree. And um, I said, but we can really, you know, only start with our space. What do we do with, with our space? How do we um, start that with just our home and, and what we have um access to and so what they came up with was to put a unk in the front yard and to light it up so it illuminates at night and when I tell you oh my gosh it's so beautiful what these children did um, it's just amazing and so we that was just one of the projects that we did for um, for the home there were a couple other things that um, that we did as well just you know repairs and, and things like that 
and um, then it was like time to go we bought clothes for school you know shoes clothes all of those things and it was time to go and so we did all of that preparing um, I got money out of the bank because that's important to have cash on you and uh, I'm saying all of this to you who are planning on coming with me next time um, to help you um, the exchange rate when exchanging cash is better when you um, exchange the money here versus pulling it out the ATM or having it wired to you there's all of those fees and things like that and so um, I pulled cash brought cash with me and um, we were just ready to go I also looked into um, starting my bank account here in Africa there's a place uh, United Bank for Africa UBA it's a black owned bank headed out of Nigeria and um, they're all over West Africa and in Benin they have 16 branches and so um, I the only branch they have in America is in New York on Rockefeller Square and I went there um, to open an account found out it was a corporate office they didn't do uh, accounts there but the gentleman I'm glad I went it wasn't a waste of time let me say that it wasn't a waste of time they put me in touch with the head of um, the banking system in Benin all of the branches in Benin and so him and I connected when I got to Africa so that was a great connection that started and so I'm happy about that um, and so I said yeah well we're ready to go and um, we got on the flight and before we got on the flight let me back up just a little bit so before we got on the flight it was about five days yeah five days five days before we were supposed to get on the flight I get an email from the airline now mind you this whole process has made me you know gave me a little bit of anxiety because our um, flights have been canceled once already and um, I was like why uh, what are we gonna do um, we had to wait 90 days to get the money for the flights and so I'm like well I guess I have to buy more tickets how do I get that money back you know I just have to use the money so we ended up paying twice um, until we get the refund and so I said you know I have to look for the emails from the airlines because they could cancel they could change they could do all of these things um, because like I said they had canceled one of our flights already and uh, you know it's four people flying with us so that's four thousand dollars that is just canceled and held and they're telling me you know you have to wait 
um, uh, 90 days before you can get it back. And, you know, what if I didn't have, you know, 4,000 more <laughs> to get tickets? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in Africa right now, you know, and I'm just like, okay, okay, okay. So, uh, f- so I'm checking emails every day. And so five days before we get ready to go, I get this email and I'm like, oh gosh, what next? Are they canceling the flight? You know, what, what new, uh, uh, obstacles are they, are they challenging us with? And, um, they didn't cancel the flight, but what they did do is say that because of the pandemic, we had to have a, uh, COVID test that was negative, um, and had been taken within 72 hours of us flying before we could get on the flight. And I'm like, wow, okay. Well, you give this to me five days before I fly and you want it to be within 72 hours of me flying. How long does it take to get results? Okay, this means I need to test ASAP. And so here I am in a foreign city i'm in wilmington delaware and i i don't have a physician out there i'm i'm not knowing where to go and and i start looking online and uh, checking in with some of my chat groups and some of my people and and they were like well you know we've seen places that charge upwards of you know like 120 to 300 dollars to get a test back within 72 hours um and i'm just like oh my gosh and you take that and times it by four is this what i'm looking for uh looking forward to rather and so um i went and poured libations and i said ancestors i need a better solution than this (laughs) I need a better solution than this. And so we, um, I kept looking. I was just diligent in looking. And in my search, what did I find? Free testing this weekend only in Wilmington, Delaware, or in Delaware. And I was just like, oh my God, this is exactly what I'm looking for. They pointed me in the right direction. So we got our test done. It was a drive-through testing. Um, they, it was self-administered, so we did it ourselves. We swabbed our mouths and, uh, dropped the specimen off at the end of the driveway and everything was fine. I actually did a video on this and, uh, I'll need to post it on my YouTube page. Um, I did a video about the bank account and I also did a video on, um, Uh, on the process of doing the COVID testing. And so I need to post that online. I will do that. And um, you can see the process. It was painless. We went through, bam, okay, got the test. Yay. So I'm checking emails. Anything else? Anything else? No. So we get, we take the test. I got our visas, um, which we took online. Uh, That's a great thing about coming to Benin is that you have the e-visas. You don't have to go to the embassy. You don't have to send your passport and uh, your photos, get passport photos. You don't have to do any of those things, uh, which is what you have to do with most 
countries you just do it online and it's finished done and um, so that's what we did for Benin I I did a video for that as well and I'll have to put that on my YouTube page so you guys can see that also and it's really easy it's instant you get your visa back in uh, five minutes yeah so if you don't get your visa back instantly within five minutes then there's probably some type of delay or a hold on you and so then you would need to call and follow up and make sure that um, you provide whatever information that is keeping them from giving you your visa okay um, so I'll post that video also um, and I'll try to put all of these links in this episode um, but we'll see I'm, uh, I don't want to make any promises but that is what I'm going to try to do and um, and so we get on the plane uh, they, they, they did ask for the, for the test um, that had been taken within 72 hours they did ask for my visas um, when I say they I mean uh, the airline when we checked in we were actually flagged because uh, it was an international flight and we were uh, our destination was international so our first flight went from Jersey to Detroit but my final destination was into Africa and from Detroit and so they it was Detroit to excuse me you guys it was Detroit to Cotonou and so um, before we even started that journey they're just like we're not even going to let you go to Detroit if you don't have all the paperwork that is um, all the paperwork that is needed and so um, they did check, and that's important to know. Um, let's see here. So once I gave them all the paperwork and the testing and everything, they were fine. So we get on the plane, and I didn't know what to expect when we um, got overseas. So this was uh, the process getting to Detroit. Detroit to uh, Paris they checked our paperwork again and the flight getting on to Paris in addition to paperwork check this out they have this device which scans your energy and sees if you have a fever or not so you can not only do you have to have a negative COVID test not only do you have to have you know the the yellow fever pass uh, uh, shot which is you know something that's been in place for Africa for a while um, but you have to now not have a fever when getting on to the plane so beware of that if you plan on doing any traveling for those who are coming with me on the next trip um, these are things that you need to know and so we get to Paris uh, of 
course, none of us had a fever. Uh, my children and I have been taking herbs um, and detoxing uh, to cleanse our bloods and our system uh, the whole time we were in Wilmington. So, uh, in preparation for, so we have been taking our sea moss, our bladder rack, we've been taking our daily vitamins, we had been um, uh, doing kidney and um, liver cleansers, we have been doing blood cleansers, all of these things to get us ready uh, for traveling because health is thoroughly important. Um, during this time and so I had to definitely um, prepare them you know and it's hard with children especially you know when they come from the west because you know people like to give them sweets people don't ask the parents people kids go and get things without asking you know sometimes you know you don't know what your kid has access to and so all we can do is pump them full of vitamins and minerals and things that are good for them with the meals that we give them and so that's exactly what I did so I knew that my kids were healthy I knew that I was healthy um, and strong and I was confident that um, whatever came to us you know, um, as far as testing, new protocols, new policies, we would be able to pass with no problem. And so our tests in Delaware were negative, of course. Uh, us getting on the plane in Paris, none of us had temperatures, you know, those were fine. And then we get to Benin. So we leave Paris and we go from Paris to Cotonou and we get to Benin and this is where life just kind of went into a whole nother zone for me and I was like wow I had not experienced this before so when we get off of the plane in Cotonou which is uh, one of the major airports in Benin we uh, go they usher us on a bus and you know the bus is fine you know it's like an airport bus you know they usher us on a bus and then instead of taking us to the main uh, airport they take us to this big white tent on the jetway and uh, we get to the big white tent and this is like a huge you know tent like uh, you know some of the tents you see in movies where they have um, weddings under these big tents or you know they have like circuses and, and um, different events I mean this was a huge white tent and they take us and it's on the jetway and they bring us from the plane to this uh, tent and so we get off the t off the boat off the boat oh my gosh am I having an experience from my ancestors <laughs> off the boat they take us off the plane and we go uh, into the tent and entering the tent you see all of this white smoke coming out and it's like it's very futuristic for me at this point. I'm like, where is all of this um, 
smoke coming from and they take our temperatures again like they did in Paris with the uh, hand uh, gun or taser or what it, that's what it looks like but uh, they take our temperature and then we move to the next phase and the next phase is a, a face scanning machine and they scan our face and they it reads out alien non-alien accepted non-accepted it also reads your temperature and then you have to um, go into a machine and that's where all this smoke comes from I, I, and I have no idea if this is a um, purification uh, a sanit sanitizing machine a neutralization I have no idea at this point um, I'm in Benin everyone is speaking French um, they're just kind of shuttling us uh, forward um, tons and tons of people through this process and I was in a total shock and I'm trying to keep up with my kids so I don't lose them and so we get through these machines right and we get to the other side and there's just rows and rows of people and they said did you sign up for the test and I'm like the test no and they're like okay fine sit over here and so if you signed up for the test and you had a number you went to one side and if you didn't you went to the other side well most people didn't have a number and so they were on the other side and so we just sat we just sat and uh, waited to register to take the COVID test and that's what they meant so entering into Benin this is something you need to be prepared for in the airport or on the jetway you have to take your test and so you take the test there and because we were a family we were able to take it all together we took our tests the test is um, they give you two one is uh, it's similar to like a the diabetic test right where they prick your finger and get your blood and put it in a little testing tube and um, that not a testing tube, a little, uh, yeah, a testing dish. And within 15 minutes, you have results on whether you're positive or negative for COVID. So that's one way they take it. The other way they take your test, the second test that you take, is through your mouth. It's like getting tested for strep throat. So they stick this long uh, swab down your throat and you have to go and cough and um, sorry for the sound effects, but I'm just <laughs> trying to help you understand um, what we went through and uh, they tested us that way and those results take three days.
And so what we um, did after that was um, we had to go and wait for the results. And they said, okay, you're negative, you can just go. If uh, you're positive, then we need to go through this other process. And I'm like, okay. So two tests came out, they were negative. I'm like, okay, good. Um, The third test came out, it was negative. I said, okay, great, we just need this last test and we can just go. So I'm preparing the kids. I'm like, this last test should be ready in just a few minutes. Let's just see. Get your stuff so we can get ready to go to the door. So we're preparing to go. And the last test for one of the children comes up positive. O-M-G. I said, what do you mean it's positive? They said, yes, ma'am. Is it positive for COVID? I said, that's not possible. They said, well, the other results come back in three days. You need to go to this place and you can get your passport and get the results of the second test. I said, get my passport. They said, yes, we need to take your passport to make sure you come back. We can't have you in our country without... um, with without we can't have you in our country and possibly be positive for the COVID test I said okay I understand and so um, my temple got all the information for me where to go how to take care of it and I felt more confident and and comfortable uh, with the process and they were very nice along this whole way They didn't shove us or make us feel any type of way once we tested positive. um, It wasn't um, where it's like, oh, you're plagued, go to the left. Um, It wasn't like that at all. It wasn't like that at all. And so um, I was just grateful, you know, I was just grateful. And they let us leave. You know, I had heard different stories like they would uh, quarantine us at the airport and we had to pay for our own hotel stay, you know, in the place that they designated us to quarantine. Um, I did hear they may take our passports. Um, I I heard different things. And so going through it myself, um, I felt more confident. Because I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is what the current process is. And so, um, do you guys hear the rooster? Oh, it's so beautiful here. Um, nature is just, you know, praising and sending up worship sounds up to the divine. It's just amazing. Okay, sorry. I just had to acknowledge that. But, um... So we left the airport that night. Uh, my son was a little traumatized and he was, you know, I'm sorry, mom. I'm, I don't know if I, where I got the COVID from. What if I've infected you guys? And 
what does this mean for the family you know it really set my son through something um but I told him I said honey don't worry um it's probably a false positive um I know you're healthy you're not showing any symptoms um we're just gonna move forward in the process ancestors have us we're just gonna keep moving forward there's nothing we can do but just keep moving forward and so I said just continue to stay healthy continue to eat healthy and we'll just continue to do our part and uh, he felt horrible though and I was like baby don't don't feel any shame don't feel bad there's nothing you could have done you know you've done everything right and you know of course he was like well I did have a piece of chocolate, you know, I did put, you know, too much honey in my oatmeal, I did, you know, he, he's thinking, <laughs> he's thinking of all these things, and I'm just like, oh dear, you know, he's like, I know sugar is like, is, is, uh, is deadly, and he's like, I'm just so sorry, mom, and I'm like, oh, honey, and, um, you know, it's good to know he has a conscience, right? And he um, will confess when things happen. I was just like, oh, so you've been adding extra honey to your oatmeal. And, huh, you, 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 where'd you get the chocolate from? You know, like I wanted to do all of that. But I'm like, okay, now's not the time. He feels horrible. Poor baby. Um, but I just thought, I said, everything is going to be fine, dear. We're in this together. Mommy's not leaving you. Um, you're not going to be alienated or around us. You know, I think it's a false positive, And that's what we're going to move forward with. Um, and, you know, we're all just going to continue to take our herbs. And that's it. And so uh, we leave the airport that night. It finally we leave the airport that night right it took the whole process took about two hours it's so we're normally excuse me where normally you would you know get out of the plane go through customs from customs you would then get your luggage and then come out the airport because we um, tested positive they we didn't get to go through the airport they took us on another bus and brought us to the front of the airport to get our luggage and so because of that this is the first time I've gotten into Benin without going through customs uh, like I said they check our visas beforehand before getting on the plane twice um, but normally when I get into Benin they send me through customs they check them again I get stamps um, things of that nature then I get passed through to get my luggage this time it was a little bit different and so I um I just noticed took note of that and was like okay and um 
went to get our luggage and then we finally made it. I had called the um, owner of the Airbnb where we were staying and uh, he gave me a time frame. He said, give me about 30 minutes and I will come and get you. And that was just the beginning of the great, great hospitality that Africa has to offer. And um, I was actually calling the Airbnb host for um, directions, you know. So I was like, I'll, I'll just get a, a cab and, um, and have the cab come and uh, have the cab come and take me to the Airbnb. Um, but he insisted, actually, to come and get us. And so... That just made me, you know, that took a lot of stress off of my, um, off of my plate, off of my heart, my shoulders. After the traveling for a day and a half, uh, after the v- rigorous, you know, uh, cattle haul uh, of all the COVID testing process components that we had just been through you know to have the hospitality um it was I was just truly grateful and appreciative at that point I was exhausted I was tired I was hungry and um he just said give me one minute and I'll be there and I was just like welcome home (laughs) I was just like welcome home Yes, this is the difference between, you know, here in America. You know, in America, you would contact your Airbnb host and they may or may not pick up the phone. But what they will do is just send you a message with directions. (laughs) Just very insensitive and kind of cold. Um, but we think we're being hospitable and being gracious because we wrote it out. <laughs> I tell you, the, the the further along in this process I go, the more I realize how upside down Western society is. And, you know, I laugh so much and while I'm here because it's just we just learn we just learn I watch other people and I've learned plenty of lessons myself but I I watch other people and how things are different and uncomfortable for them because they're upside down they come from uh, America and they come from the west and you know western thinking is just totally different from our true indigenous uh ways you know and um being received in africa the first night with uh, that level of hospitality just it took a certain amount of stress away from me and so i was truly 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 happy about that So we made it to the Airbnb, and all was well. Um, We, oh, what did we do that night? 
food. Oh my gosh, don't get me started. Ah, the food in Africa is amazing. Let me just say, if you are an African American and you're raised in a black household in America, you know how important food is to us. And so coming to uh, Benin and the first thing I wanted was traditional African food, period. That was like the, the, the first thing I wanted. And um, I got it. Uh, they have a, a cassava, and they make it into a ball. Um, and it's like, um, yeah, it's like a ball. The best way I can describe it is maybe like um, unseasoned mashed potatoes in a ball. Um, they use that the same way we use rice or we use pasta and they put a sauce with it and you take uh, some of the um, uh, the cassava and you dip it in the sauce and it's just so flavorful now mind you the sauce is um, where all the flavor is you know, just like when you have spaghetti, you have the spaghetti which doesn't have any flavor. And then you have the sauce, and the sauce is what gives the dish the, um, the pizzazz. And, and so that's the same way it is in African culture. You have your pat, or your fufu, or your uh, uh, cassava, uh, or akasa. And um, all of those are the type of starch and then you dip it in sauce oh yow 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 it's um it's amazing and so between the hospitality um of getting greeted and then that warm hot meal that first night I went to bed a happy woman <laughs> and it was just truly truly welcome home you know and I can say you know one of the things that I noticed um, coming back this time is that there's more and more English speaking <clears throat> let's see there's more and more English speaking people in uh, Benin and um, that was just uh, new for me because most times it's the traditional uh, uh, language and then outside of that they would have the uh, French speaking but now it's traditional French and more English speaking people in the city and so I'm like, okay, well, this is, uh, this is good, this is good, um, that made me feel more comfortable, uh, and more welcoming, and it makes it easy to do transactions in the marketplace, and, and all of those things, so if you're thinking of moving to Africa, don't 
rule out Benin because, um, you know, they're doing a lot of commerce with Nigeria. And Nigeria is an English-speaking country, and it borders uh, Benin. And so there's a lot of uh, English-speaking people in Benin as well. And so uh, keep that in mind. Well, that is all of uh, I had so far um, for this episode. It was just to catch you guys up on just getting here. Um, the Airbnb that we stayed in was before coming to the village because, of course, I'm in the village right now. I know you can hear all the village uh, ambiance in the background. Um, it was very modern. Um air conditioning, Wi-Fi, electricity, refrigerator, freezer, microwave, gas stove, hot water, um, modern beds with the mosquito nets, um, uh, all of the amenities inside the home that we're used to, um, there was no trade-offs. At the Airbnb, the the level that we're used to in America um, is achievable and attainable here. No trade-offs, and that's what um, I wanted to stress to you guys because I think that I know sometimes whether it's on TV or images we see in social media we think oh there has to be trade-offs there's trade-offs if you want them to be right like me right now I'm in the village I don't want to be under um, the radiation waves of the cell phone towers all the time I don't want to be under the radiation waves of the power lines all the time and so I have a place to escape to. I can come to where my divinities are. I can go into the secret forest and be with nature. And for me, I'm okay with that. I love to be here. Um, And then when I need to get work done and I need to communicate and socialize with family and and be with you guys and do other things in the colonial business world I can go back to the city and do that as well and so there's balance here there's balance and anywhere you want to be on that spectrum you can find it here and um you know, do you want to be in the village 100%? Um, you know, with uh, uh, having to get your your water source, finding your uh, power source, um, living off the land, uh, being free of all the radiation, um, or do you want to be on the other side, you know, where there's, you know, all of these western monitored amenities, um, and congestion, and people, and, but you have, like, the restaurants, and the nightlife, and the, and businesses, and all of those things, you know, there is balance in that spectrum, and, you know, for us, 
we're not shown both sides a lot in the West. And so I wanted to make sure you guys knew um, both sides exist here. And so it's for you when you come to decide where on that spectrum between village life and city life do you want to fall. Because there's a varying range you know, between village life and city life, just as there is in America between country living and city living, the farm life, as we like to call it out there, and the city life, you know, there's a, there's a varying range, and so it's just, it's the same, there's nothing to be afraid of, there's nothing to fear, home is here, home being Africa, so I will end this episode here. Um, it's been another good, hopefully informational, um, episode for you guys, for the Divine Feminine Podcast. I wanted to give you this content because I know a lot of the listeners have never been to Africa before and because of the way America is right now, um, we're looking for alternatives. We're looking on where to go and what to do. Where can we go to? Where can we to retreat to? And uh, I just wanted to let you know it's wonderful here. Um, Benin is a wonderful place. And Benin welcomes you. And so uh, until next episode, be well. To schedule a spiritual reading, life coaching session, or to order herbs and tonics, please visit our website, divinefeminine.net. If you are in search of a spiritual guide and or mentor, or if you just want to join our Divine Feminine Network, email me at divinefemininepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to the Divine Feminine Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, share, and join in on the conversation on social media. Find us on all social media outlets at Hanera Abunu.